this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your Bomb Wednesday service. As always, I am your senior pastor, Naima Cochran. Um, and as always, with me is the director of Hex Ministry, Mr. Karin J. Phillips. Karin, what are you drinking on this evening? I'm bringing cocktails back. You bring uh, cocktails back? Did they leave? We're getting the stimmy. We're getting the stimmy. <laughs> we shout, are getting the stimmy. Shout out to our uh, Dem- Dem Majority Senate who's had the majority for two weeks as of tomorrow. I just want to point that out. It's been it's been less than two full weeks. Who today voted because the Republicans were dragging their ass to move the stimulus package ahead as a budget reconciliation, which basically means that instead of passing it as a bill, they pass it as a budget measure, which means that they can do a simple majority and move around the Republicans. They gave them until today. They said, y'all got until this week to get to get with us or get run over. We we gonna go ahead and do it. And Mitch McConnell's ass is already talking about partisanship and and whining and the exact opposite of everything nah, you said B, before. We don't wanna hit we don't wanna we're hit, not that trying to hit that. no more. We're not trying to hear that. So there are still some steps to go through. They have to now write um the budget reg- they had to write the budget regulations um and the what do they call them? They call them the reconciliation conditions or directions. Um, the newly appointed chair of the Senate Budget Committee is Bernie Sanders. His team is responsible for pushing that on through. And then it goes to the floor. But because it is not a bill or a, it, it is um, anti-filibuster, 
and only 20 hours of debate instead of 50 hours of debate, which is the usual Senate limit. So it's happening. There's just a couple more steps to go through the process. And I need y'all. Give me my money. I'm going to start doing civics segments or some shit on here. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, if you notice, Carter and I both have on. It's the first day. It's the second day of Black History Month. Third day by the time y'all hear this. Carter and I both have on renditions celebrating um, the greatest R&B group ever in the history of the world. Hailing. I was putting them first. I'm putting them first for me. There are there are arguably they're arguably better for Naima in the Naima universe. New edition is the greatest RP. Just not not just in terms of artistry culturally, in terms of like what they gave us, you know, the group spinoffs. Like they there is there is no other group that has had as many successful breakout acts. I'm not mad. My, my, My top three goes. Jackson 5, New Edition, Joseph. That's my three. Okay. That's my three. So if, if, you, have, if, you, if, if you have any at, at one, who's your two and three? It depends if you don't, on say, and Joe, no, you don't no. say Joseph, I'm hanging up the phone. Uh, at some, do you know how you, many R&B groups there have been, man? There will, this will be a one-person show if Jodeci is <laughs> one of the two groups you named after New Edition. I'm just Isley, you know I right gotta now. put the Osley Brothers in there somewhere. Okay, that's fine. It's only so that, fair. Like that, they were recording. I, I'm gonna say Jodeci for the sake of the show. Thank you. On today, if you ask me to, if y'all tweet me tomorrow and ask me, mm-hmm. my answer may be slightly different. Okay. That's but that's one thing with me. There are groups that I will always love, but my you ask me to, I'm terrible with ranking because how I feel about where something goes, it it really varies from day to day. It varies from day to day, and my M depending on mood. My glasses have a reflection in them. I know I look sleepy, y'all. Actually, my lighting is a little janky, but whatever. Um, but what was I gonna say? Okay, so first things first, a little bit of uh wait, wait, I do like that Irish pick though, because we don't we don't decide bar for seven seconds. To give the Isley says flowers, let's do that. The Isley brothers enough of their flowers. Cause I saw someone on Twitter once say there should be a birth between the Isley brothers and Earth Wind and Fire. And I was like, the elements will get snapped like Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it with the Isley. Listen. Nobody. Y'all that really have to understand. Group in music history, am I right? They're the what? Longest running? Aren't they like the most sampled group in music history? Um, I don't know if they're the most sampled. Cool is somewhere between them and Cool in the Gang. I got to check on that. But they, they're the long, they're one of the longest running, if not the longest running group in music history because they started in the 50s and 60s. Like the original Twist and Shout was the Isley Brothers. Um, oh. you know, and they did a Motown, like they did a, they were a Motown group at one point. They've been on everybody's label and they transitioned from like that early kind of doo-wop to that early rock and roll to that Motown sound to, you know, a classic soul and that seventies quiet storm. To soul. a whole run working with an artist we can't name anymore. Right, but we right. Go ahead, like so. it. Evolving all the way into the 90, into the two thousands, like the fact that they were still recording in the arts is like a and like on mainstream getting mainstream love. If Ron hadn't gone to jail, yes, leaving young. room for Uncle Charlie to come slide in, which was but much deserved as well. Uncle Charlie deserved that look. Like beep, 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 beep. Ron had been out here for a minute, like with his with his cane and his Mister Big and pimp slapping people. Charlie deserved that look, but. 
Ron but, also slid up on old girl from JS. Remember, had he been married young, sexy her. thing on his and married her. And then and had and, twins. Mind you, this is only a couple years after, after the he divorced remix, Angela Wimbush. Angela Wimbush was in the video. Who was his wife? I know who. Who was writing a lot of their material even after they got divorced. It's a damn shame how he did Angela, but it actually probably worked to her benefit because she was free and clear of the tax bullshit. I know she was probably like, what you intended for harm, God used for good. Anyway, um, but, also, also. but also Ernie Osley is one of the most underappreciated um, is one of the most underappreciated axemen in music history. Like, Voice to Atlantis, um, Summer Breeze. Come on. Come on now. It's a thing. On, I mean, Ernie on, just be, oof. Here's the thing I appreciate most about the Isley Brothers. Right. There, ha- there isn't a group or an artist on earth, maybe outside of Prince, that has an age, age group that big mm-hmm. to where their panty droppers work for everybody. <laughs> okay, valid. Anywhere from like 19 to 69, the, you could drop an IP Brothers and you'd be like, yeah, it's this that is time. True. You know what's this up. Is true. This is true. Yeah. This is true. I'll give them that. that. That's a hard thing to do. Um, The thing I love about the Osley Brothers is that them niggas used to put hands and blades on people. And like, really. In, like, in, in blouses. And in blouses. blouses. They were about that. Like, there was a there is a picture of the Osley Brothers circling around of them. Um, Whereas niggas in the 70s, did they have on very tight, you know, clothes, some midriff showing in some places. Yeah. And somebody Not was... Somebody had posted at one point trying to act like, you know, they they were uh, not representing correctly, you know, kind of also what you're going to do. And we were like, oh, that one got two pistols in his waistband. This one got a knife in his boot. Like, please, please understand they would have fucked you up had you stepped to them on that day. There is a re- there is a record. They were notorious. You're not stepping to an Osley. You're not just going to step to an Osley brother. And it's I, like a, I appreciate it's their like- gangster. It's like Andre 3000 said about Hammer. It was like, who gonna run up on Hammer? Run up on Hammer and see Whom? what happens. Whom? See what see who what happens. Run up on Hammer? See what happens. Who, who gonna run up on the man that was untouchable in Oakland and sign right. the death row and nobody bothered him? Like, people love to pay attention to where people are from in some cases, but not others. So like just Hammer being from the Bay, like, was enough. The Ozzy's are from Cincinnati. Like, yeah, you not they just get yeah. They get they get they down. Get they get, get down. down. They just, get down. Certain cities in the Black Midwest where you just be, oh you from there okay. okay all right yep that's all you need yep. to tell me yep I'm good right. I'm good um a little bit of housekeeping before we get too much deeper into anything um just of course a reminder that in addition to our show there is a variety of programming for your viewing. I hope you are viewing. If you are listening, you should know that you should be on YouTube on the Count the Dane's YouTube page viewing this right now. Um, pleasure. Everything from, you know, three millennial ladies, give, black women giving their opinion on Crazy Sexy Cool to um, a bunch of black folks just doing open air forum on Black Opinions Matters. Uh, me and Karen doing whatever the hell we do over here in Spirit and Truth. <laughs> we love the spirit <laughs> Talking move. shit. We let the spirit fool. Um, we let this. We go. Listen. We we go where spirit tells us to go. Um, always they service. Um, why is Nando being woke over all woke bros? 
or Trayvon impressing us with his uh, multitude of a you know a list guests in sports and entertainment are growing up the same. We got something for y'all. Uh, who who is Trey's booking agent? Like no, for real, Trey's moves are so crazy that I'd be like, I mean, even his personal booking agent, like Trey, Trey be doing. Trey does a lot that we like. Trey must have Jamel Hill's booking agent because they be getting guests, and I'd be like, how how you how you do mm-hmm. that? And apparently don't and apparently and don't hit, even tell apparently don't even tell their producer who the guests are. Just be like, this will just be there. Like it hit it hit different when you have these people's number in your phone. You'd be like, wait, hold on. How do you <laughs> who'd you call? Wait, I need to text you about right. I don't understand. It's crazy. So no, growing growing up the same is an excellent concept, excellent, really impressive show. At some point, Karin and I will start actually booking people to come on the show, but we it'll it ain't gonna be who Trey has. I mean, we was, and then it you was. Know. You gotta call people and follow up, and remember, we'll get there. Um, if we, if we had a lot of good guests. We was trying to get early that in the <laughs> we latter part of the year. Like, what about clearance. this one? What about that? What about let's reach out to this one? Yeah, people had to get clearance from their bosses what? and their networks, <laughs> and it was just like we just we just need you to get on <laughs> Skype <laughs> at this time. You can't do this. Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> so we missed out on a lot. Um. I know we have a few things we need to get into, but I wanted to first ask you, uh, as we're going into Black History Month, I was celebrating on Twitter the other day um, the fact that Black laughter is radical and it is part of our ancestry. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, Karen, what kind of Black, as a black what kind of black laugher are you? Because, you know, we got, there's, there's styles. Oh, I'm, I, 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 I am at the top of the nigga board. <laughs> what is the hooting holler? Which one is it? I will hit you. <laughs> I will take off running. <laughs> I will hug right. you. <laughs> I will cry. Right. Like people, you know how people overuse the crying emoji laughing? No, I really be crying Right, laughing. right, right. No, like, I listen, if some shit is funny, I, I, I'm, I'm out yeah, of here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of falling out of the furniture um, and or leaving the room, running out of the room, or or sometimes I just walk slowly out of the room because that, that means it's even more funny. If I don't run out of the room and I actually just got to stroll out of the room, that means it's even more funny. Um, you know what the best is? I saw this, this tweet. Somebody said, this is a love language. And I was like, it is. Two people on the couch just, just, you just hitting slap each other and, make, and, and <laughs> making no noise, making yeah. no noise, just doing this. That's the that is a love. If I can do that with the woman, we watch them. Yeah. We just doing this. I'm gonna buy you something. I, um, I'm gonna buy you something. Yeah, if you and my other thing is, I'm good for the um start with like something really loud and then go into a silent laugh and then go into a go into a cry or uh, lay on the floor or whatever. But what I love about us is even if the laugh itself is not loud, like we really, we're going to flail and flop and move around and throw our heads back and um, bang on something. And like you mentioned, like if you next to us and something's funny, you like either either put your defense up or just get ready to get, hit because we're gonna hit you and the funnier it is the harder we gotta hit you and if we're laughing we gotta keep hitting you while we're laughing because we somehow feel like hitting you is gonna help us get our breath back while we're laughing you know the first time i realized this was a thing i'll never forget where i was opening night in saginaw 
in high school, Kings of Comedy mm-hmm. came out. The entire theater I was in was like nothing but 11 and 12 mm-hmm. graders. And I saw people fall off the seats <laughs> and crawl up and down the aisles. I saw people run around the theater. It's kind of like catching a Holy I Ghost, seen, honestly. I've seen people run up to the screen and slap <laughs> it. Like, it was one of the, it was right. that, that, um, that laughing. And I remember also that year, the year after, Freddy vs. Jason mm-hmm. came out. And half the theater was for Freddy and half the theater was for Jason. You would have thought you was at a high school rivalry basketball game. Like people were taking sides. Mm. It was like when it be one of the best movie going experience. Mm. It's like Freddy versus Jason, Kings of Comedy, Black Panther early screening two weeks early right. in Atlanta, Atlantic Station. Right. Like the best three movie going experiences in my life. Your your Kings of Comedy experience sounds like my um sounds similar to my house party experience. But yeah, I can see that in Kings of Comedy. Like that's why some movies you got to go to the black movie theater because you have to have yeah. that. You have to have that, you know, around you. You have to have that immersive experience. But yeah, um, the way and you know what the funny thing was, the thing about King of Comedy was because people forget this. Remember when a movie came out? It took a year, year and a half for it to come on VHS to buy it. Maybe I don't know if I remember that, but you've said it before. But it, it took a minute before it came mm-hmm. out for you to buy it. It wasn't like now. It was like six right, weeks right, later. Right. You could get it online or whatever. Back then, I remember after we all went to see it, we were we had to wait like almost a year to buy gotcha. it, to watch it again because we missed half the jokes. Oh, uh, because everybody was so loud. Because the theater was so loud. Right. Like, we missed half the jokes. And so watching the second time, it was even funnier because I was like, Yo, I didn't hear half of it. Well, that's the other thing with us. Sometimes we laughing at, like, it starts out that we're laughing at the joke, but then it evolves to us laughing at ourselves, laughing at the joke. And that's the part that actually usually pushes you to the tears and the crying and all. And Karin, you know my friend group. We good for being laid out. We could be in a restaurant. We're going to be laid out in that restaurant. We do not contain laughter. Like, we don't. We've been asked to leave no boo. I just, just, we're funny as fuck. I just, I love it. Hanging all over each other is yeah, cause I, 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 y'all did that uh that yearly Christmas dinner. Y'all did a virtual yeah. one this year, and I was like, I'm, I'm sure there's some, there's some restaurant manager that's happy about this. <laughs> no, we have started ass. doing private rooms in right. order to prevent issues. Yeah, that's good. Well, then you know what? Praise God. We do. We, we've done. I have an, I have an idea for the last several years. We've done private rooms, so because that's how yeah. we get them. Because you're right, we are yeah, loud. I mean, and boisterous, and we want we want to control the music, and yeah, all that. You want you you gonna get on a, a couch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know you. We're gonna stand you on something. It's gonna happen. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of yelling and hooping, hollering. So the the categories that we isolate yesterday, there was the um, there was the hit somebody laugh, the run out the room laugh, the fall the fall out the furniture, or fall in the floor laugh, the cackle, the um. And then these aren't really types of laughter. I think they're just laughter like uh, uh, accessories or like laughter. Um, what do you call it? Like the the things that you get on your car. Um, features. They're Decals. laughter features. Uh, the clap and the stomp. <laughs> <laughs> the 
there's the there's the laugh with no there's the laugh with no sound, which actually is the best laugh because you just literally cannot breathe. And there's the um there is the yeah, the the, the literal howl. like howl the- or yell laugh, you know, where it starts like a whoop type. When somebody says stop all that hooting and hollering, that laugh. Um and there is also somebody brought up, and this is a very distinctive category, the you are one of only a couple of black people in a space or you or your friend notice something happen and you connect together and then start laughing, laugh. There's that too, which is like a laugh, which is like a look and a knowing look and a pause and then a bust out laughing. So. The telekinetic. But black, I love us. I really do love us. And I realize that every time I really start thinking about us and our usness, I'd be like, I understand why folks hate us. I get it. I actually kind of get it. I might hate us too if I wasn't us. I'm just saying. Look, man, we we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. And um, I used to do I used to do this quite often with like one of my old bosses. We sit on this editorial board as the only like two black people ever in all these meetings. Mm-hmm. It would just always be some bullshit, and we would just get right. looks and just bust out right. laughing, and everybody'd be like, "No one said anything." Like, what's so funny? And people ask up to me, we'd be like, "Never mind." Like, we can't you even explain get it. it. Like, yeah. you want to get it? Like. It's not even something we can explain. Um, so shout out to Black People, Black History Month. Also, right as we were about to go into Black History Month, um, we lost like one of our greatest living uh, pieces of Black history. I just want to acknowledge um, Mother Cicely Tyson's transition literally two days after her memoir came out. And I was like, that is somebody who was like, okay, I've, I've completed my work. Let me get my stuff together. I'm going to holler at y'all on the, on the other plane. Um, and I said on Twitter that, like, we've had so much tragic death over the past several years that we've almost forgotten that we can celebrate just like a good old, she got called the glory death. Because 96 years old, you cannot be John, sad John, somebody dying. John Cheney, too. John Cheney, oh, yeah. too. Because that was, what, what, a day, a couple hours yeah. before? I don't know if we're all together now, but yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't... Um, We've been through so much. No, not them. To now, yeah, it was yeah. time. Yeah, it was time. And like yeah, with John time. Lewis, if John Lewis hadn't died when he died, um, I think I would have been more celebratory about his transition too. But it just felt like it felt like it was boom, boom, it, boom, and it also boom. felt like somebody who had been holding, who had been holding up a dam for us. You know what I'm saying? Like. It felt like we lost a, a sense, of, like like lost the protection. But um, yeah, ninety six, like you have to celebrate. And she was lucid and present all the way up, like doing her like doing her book tour her, right before she died. I just watched her to cherish the day yeah. series on own like last year, mm-hmm. and she was like almost the lead character. Exactly, exactly. Or even like you think about her turning. Well, you don't watch How to Get Away with Murder, but still working. Yes, oh, okay. Every episode, oh, didn't okay. miss third. So every, you know, Annalise Annalise mama, mama, you know, still working, still like. And, 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 and killed that old man that, that touched on her when she was Remember, she about the show did. Show did. She took care of that and didn't, didn't say nothing about it. Kept moving. Um, Would come up at award, would come, you know, to almost every award show. I've been really fortunate to be in a room, like, within, like, I can throw my napkin in it, hit her distance um, more a few times and always with a fresh wig and a fresh look on. Um, <laughs> so 
uh, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. I just wanted to acknowledge that because you know, well, there there will never be another Cicely Tyson, and and there is there is sadness in losing those people who've seen so much, but there's also like we have to celebrate what they gave us. We don't talk about her and the Miles Davis thing enough. You know why? I think because until recently she didn't really talk about it anymore. But um, and because their relationship was um. He was awful to her. He was really terrible to her. So I think... Yeah, I had to, I had to fill out yeah, one of them. He was really terrible to her. And, you know, Miles went through so many women, right? Sicily is one of the relationships that now, on the other side of it, people talk about the least with him. Um, cause it, but she apparently... I have, to, I have to read the book. I have to find time to read the book. Um, she has said to this day, like that that was still like the love of her life, and she never remarried. Um, and I don't think I knew of Cicely being attached to anybody else after Miles publicly. I'm sure she had some, you know, some shit popping. Oh, listen, but, listen, listen. You know, yeah, she's probably uh, you know, doing like I said I did before this call started. <laughs> you know, ah, possibly, you know? very possibly. Moving in silence in broad daylight, you know, hiding broad might, daylight. Might have been, uh, might have been. But yeah, Cicely, um, Cicely told Gail, um, she still loved Miles and my friend Bevy Smith. Everybody tells Gail, huh? huh? Everybody tells Gail. Well, stuff. also my friend Bevy Smith interviewed her on Monday, last Monday, um, for her show Revelations, and Bevy said she wasn't going to bring up Miles out of respect, mm-hmm. and it would be kind of be like. On a lesser, on a lesser, like, public level, it'd be like bringing up Ike to Tina, right? Um, but, um... But they kind of join. Yeah, but, um... This could... Not the movie. I know. Like, I, I, get what I'm not, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that's how tumultuous their... That's how tumultuous and allegedly how abusive their relationship was. And because Miles was, you know, heavy in his addiction. And Cicely was trying to pull him mm-hmm. out of it. And... You know, there used to be stories where Miles would call people, like, Miles would call his biography and be like, yo, you got to come get me out of this house and take me to get a fucking, you know, steak or some shit. Because she was also trying to have him go vegetarian and all this other stuff. Um, but she was trying to keep him clean. And he found that immensely boring and annoying. Um, but anyway, uh, Bev said she wasn't going to bring Miles up out of respect. And Cicely brought it up on her own. So I'm going to definitely read... Um, her memoir. I'm, I gotta find time. I have so many books to read. So I took January kind of like as my warm up month for the year. So my year is basically just starting right now. But I failed myself. <laughs> so January is like January was homeroom. I was listening to the announcements. I was writing notes. I was talking about what was on TV last night. Um, I was fixing my hair. I was fixing my hair. <laughs> January was homo. Uh, so my my year is just starting right now. But I uh, I failed myself because. Welcome to twenty twenty one. Um, so much happened I already. I, it's like it's like they it's like, a, it's like a gap you month. Say? You know how people take a gap year in between like school and college. January was like a gap month. Um, <laughs> let me tell you how to put a family work. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> Take your it's ass on school. Thing. I, oh yeah, the gap year. Yeah, that's a white. A white. I was, I was like, a gap. What does that mean? Like in your teeth? 
It was like, no, like a store? year. I was like, what you mean a year right. from school? Like, what? But see, man, people get gap year oh. fucked up because it's a, it's only really a gap year if you like go abroad or do some shit. If you stay at home, you just decided not to go to school. You just at home. I wish I like was it's not like it's not year. a gap year if your ass is at home working locally. It's only a gap year if you're like in Europe. Or Teddy would accept kneecaps off. Huh? <laughs> Both of them. If I said I wasn't a gap year, I would have woke up <laughs> to the sound of a chainsaw <laughs> me strapped to the bed. Talking about a gap year. What? Yeah, I um, I, I love no. it in concept, but I'd never even I didn't know that was a thing either. No, I don't. You better do you like anybody else did this. Okay, we're, 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 we're good off course. Anyway, I failed myself because the point was supposed to be for me to take some time and like read all the books I haven't read yet and get some rest and do some other stuff. And I was not supposed to be working or I was only agreeing to do, I was only going to do the things I had agreed to do before the end of last year. It ha- I, it half worked. I ended up still kind of working, but I promised myself that I was going to give myself at least one week where I didn't have to be on any phone calls. I didn't have any deadlines. I didn't have to be on air for anything. That didn't happen. So it's going to come a week at some point. I don't know when that it's going to be Karin and somebody else because I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I don't know. Who uh, I'm just finding this yeah, out, guys. I don't know when it's going to uh, be. We'll talk yeah, about it. Just... He and I will talk about it. Uh, um. Uh, Cause I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break before we can go run away to a hotel somewhere. This is this is this is <clears> the <throat> church summer. The sister pastor's like, wait. Yeah, you go ahead and pray. You I go ahead and pray on it. Pray pray on pray on your pray on your pray on your message. Um, let me find my find my good seat. Hold <laughs> up. Yo, Rob. Yo, I mean, what's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget to name a couple things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app. That's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us. And we're going to talk about all of the different things I always forget about. This is a great app. Every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in. But you're listening to a pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and Art Yours Truly all at the Count of Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe. Follow Darth Amin. Follow Talk Hoops. Follow Trayvon. Follow Big Waz. All of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And of course, 
catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. You can follow me, Stereo.com slash Amin. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. So last week, um, we talked about the fact that we had the um, Salt and Pepper Lifetime movie, and this we week did. they had fat. They had fat old Martin Lawrence. This week sick. there was Wendy, and what I think happened was no, no. Last, last week, week there was Wendy. Was Wendy. This week. There's oh, this, well, I mean, this week passed. Disney. It was Wendy. And yeah. with Wendy, what I think happened was that when Wendy did the Aaliyah joint years ago, um, which, which was, was trash can so juice. Like, I do have to give Lifetime credit for doing much better with these since that one. Um, she did, I think, a three-picture a three picture deal with them. Like, three pieces of content. And I think what happened was when she couldn't get to the, when she couldn't fulfill it, she was like, "Well, I'm just gonna do mine." Because honestly, so she did Aaliyah, hers in her own documentary. That's what I think. That's what I think. Or it might have been too, but I think it was a contract fulfillment thing because nobody, I didn't need a Wendy Doc right now. Like I didn't need a Wendy Doc ever personally. Me and my, me and myself. I didn't need a Wendy Saturday night. I didn't need a Wendy movie ever, but definitely not. Like what's definitely not now. Like why now? What do you what what's now? There's no it doesn't make sense. So that was my thought. There was no news. Right. Pay. So my thought was like it's not a banner year for the show or a birthday year or a book coming out with it or anything. So my assumption was that it was a contractual thing. Um, I'll be honest, I did not watch it in full because I had no interest in it. But you didn't, you didn't but the movie, not the doc so much. I heard the doc was better in the movie, but the movie apparently really glossed over a lot lot. about her New York era. And that was my thing. It's like, Wendy ain't gonna tell the game gonna be gritty about the hot 97 years. There's no point in doing any of this because that's the foundation for all this shit. Like, Wendy's entire path even to syndication and all of that came out of getting fired from hot 97 run out of New York to go to Philly, then being able to come back and kind of do like a softer rebrand at the beginning of the gossip blog era, you know, and, and go from there. But like, I think what, what I, I wanted to bring it up, not just because I know a lot of people watched it, but what I want people to understand about pre TV, pre syndication, Wendy in the night, in the early nineties in New York, early to mid nineties in New York, um, People really hated Wendy, like hated Wendy, and I think and hate listen to Wendy. Like her ratings were off the charts, but this woman never used a source, never quoted a source, never. I don't even think Wendy ever <laughs> no. said allegedly until like the early two thousands. Um, would would repeat any rumor, any rumor. Any rumor, like it don't matter. We'll let people like people would fax up stuff, she read it on air. People would call up, say wild shit on the air. She would repeat stuff. She heard, like I said, no source, no sourcing, no nothing. Um, and she pissed 
everybody off. Like, she even was talking about Angie Martinez, and Angie Martinez is down the hall. Like, Angie tried to fight her in the building, at work. It, in today's world, <clears throat> we would list, uh, as she always was, we had this conversation earlier, as a media member and not a journalist. But the crazy shit is that here. Wendy actually has the... T- she went to school for actual broadcast journalism. And that and that's the other thing, like, and that's where the thing that's the thing where Wendy's story is really interesting to me because so much of, of what Wendy became is a product of her feeling pushed out of any space, right? Like, so her family's super bougie, you know, mom and sister, aka's dad's alpha, whatever. And she was like the awkward one out of the family. Um in terms of socially and everything. Then in school, she was socially awkward. And then when she got into the industry, <clears throat> it's like she was still too New Jersey New Jersey suburb to really be, like, street, right? Because Wendy is not a street chick at all. She's never been a street chick. Um, even though her husband is a street nigga. Uh, but, so I think it was, I think what happened was... Um, when she realized that the gossip shit worked, right? When she realized there was some heat there, she just ran with it. And like, that's her whole brand. And, and she, but she has like an actual, like she really went to school to do, to be on some like, like I, I think Mary Tyler Moore was like one of her idols growing up, you know, like watching the show and really like doing, you know, I mean, there were a lot of young women who used to watch the show and like where she throws her hat up in the air. Not, is people slightly older than me. Um, but like really the idea of like conquering the city as a as a you know woman reporter broadcaster blah 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 um like a, a black Barbara Walters type ilk and um she just like it ended up becoming about mess and some of the things that she said about people um she traded really heavily in outing people um and you know making ac- accusations about their sexuality which is interesting because she has such a large LGBTQ following now, but she was very much about outing people. Um, and it was just na- like it was just nasty. Even when she got to WBLS, she was better about the the legal points. Like she would flip through Us Weekly and in touch and, and look at their items and then like build on them or read blind items or something like that. But I need people to really understand that like the Wendy that's on TV right now even though she's back to being a little bit in a messy space, like she's messy. Yeah. Petty. Yeah. Sometimes, but that Wendy back there, like it was so, it was just, it was just really nasty. It was like nasty and salacious and targeting and with no thought whatsoever for fallout. Like everybody knows the, um, the story about her announcing that mess wife had cancer before they even told their family, like somebody sent her medical records. Right. So it's like, you know, how TMZ be breaking shit. And, like, that's cruel. That's actually cruel. You know, and Matt doesn't really talk about his family at all, period. So it's double cruel. Um, so, yeah, I was like, if you're not going to get into that, then then you already, then you're already telling me that this is not a story that you're really trying to tell in the real world. Kind of like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. Because, Ish, yeah. I yeah. mean, not to that level of degree, but. I was not a fan of that documentary. Uh, you know what? All. What I did like about that documentary is that I had never seen that much of Mike's personality. And that was interesting to me. So, I, I but, but, obviously, anytime that the 
subject is part of the production. Yeah, you know. That, that, that's and that's always the the, the, the tricky thing about documentaries. Because you want them to be, you want their participation because it grants you a certain level of access, but it also colors the story that you're going to tell. Which is why um, one of the better documentaries I have seen, well, the best one I've seen this year so far, even though we're just in the second month, was, and I know, I think it was Trey and them talked about it on, on their show, Tiger Woods Doc. Mm-hmm. Which I still have to HBO, watch. Which right. was outstanding, and Tiger had no part in it. And as someone that has been highly, highly, <laughs> I've been highly, highly critical of Tiger was for years and years. That doc was outstanding mm-hmm. because they they had people, people we hadn't heard of or people we hadn't forgot, and them people had receipts, right. and they were telling stories that nobody knew. Um, but it was it was very well done, and while it told a lot of stuff that blew your mind, it also gave a lot of context to his upbringing, so that you understand why he is the way he is. His daddy, and, yeah, and, and his mom is everything. Well, like like I don't like it because I think as a grown man, at at some point in your, in your life as an adult, you have a choice, right? To either be what you were created or be who you want to be, right? And my beef with him as always has been um, he doesn't steal to this day. Because I wrote a column last year called Tiger Woods Hates Being Black. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly feel that. Because oh, I Because he's never, he's never really lived in a black space. Like, no, and, 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 and the good thing about the doc is like, they used race with his first Nike campaign that I had forgot about it to announce himself to the world in old videotapes of when he was a kid um, talking about race and how important it was. You know how his father felt on that. But ever since he became Tiger. And he hit us with the, the Cobbled Asian bullshit. And all of that is like that dude has tried everything he can do to distance himself from Black America to even this past summer when he released his statement after when all the uh, rioting and uprest was going on. Mm. Um, and he had this whole thing about, you know, um, respecting the cops, basically not all cops are all bad. He had never seen something like this before. And I was like, motherfucker, you from California. <laughs> Rodney <laughs> King happened in 91. Yeah, <laughs> I was seven, eight, and that yeah, shit yeah. changed my life. You older than me. Right. How are you going to tell me as a California native, as a black man, Did that you, you had ever seen some I was like, Rodney King was the first thing we all got to see because nightly news, the movie right. had four, three stations, played it at six, it seven, was, ten, and eleven. Rodney King and Rodney King and um, because Rodney King and OJ were the same year, right? Or real close within each other, or like the between. I think Rodney King might have happened between the OJ chase and the OJ trial. I think it was something like that. But at any rate, it was the beginning of the twenty-four hour news cycle. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, we had, Rodney King, like that. we had OJ, yeah, we had the Michael Jackson trial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, but that, that's my thing. Was like, the, my thing the is 90s like, was wild in 2020, the, the 90s was a straight fuck wow. Like, so much happened in that decade, it's ridiculous. But like, like people forget, like, they tried to bomb the Olympics and we don't even talk about it no more. Mm-hmm. They just tried to blow it. Well, now that a movie came out on it last year, but yeah, I don't know if it came out. But still, and right. 
people don't we don't talk about how they literally try to blow up the Olympics and we just be like, oh yeah, it happened. It's like, wait, hold on, what what? <laughs> right. Because so much shit has happened since then. But you know, we also act like nothing happened before two thousand one in general. So like in the history of the United States. Nothing, exactly. nothing happened. Like the United States popped up out of fully formed out of nowhere on September twelfth, yeah, two thousand. We had a couple of wars. Yeah. You got like nothing happened. Brother that was getting head. Like <laughs> what was ki- what was killing me about the whole Trump thing was I was like, did none of y'all niggas watch James Bond movies? Like nobody remembers that Russia was the bad guy. Nobody remembers that. That's nobody remembers that. Like Indiana Jones was trying to kill Nazis. Like none of us rem- none of us remember that, right? No, Captain no? Okay. America fought the Nazis. Like <laughs> as an 80s kid, I was like the Cold War, we just forgot. We just forgot that happened. We're not gonna talk. Y'all about didn't watch that. the American series on FX. Y'all about- didn't know. Okay, like that, and that—that that was really the thing. That that we forget everything that happened before, at least before the internet. And Rocky Four, Drago, he dies. And Drago killed Apollo Creed. Like, Apollo Creed, black ass, fought in American flag trunks and had James Brown singing. Living in living America. in America and got killed by the Russians and got killed in the ring and y'all was acting like we supposed to be cool with the Russians. Meanwhile, we are, about, we are so off topic. Good, Meanwhile, about, they make good vodka. I just so, found out. I just found out last week that uh, Mikhail Gorbachev is still alive. I thought that nigga had been dead, had been with the ancestors. Still, he's still alive. He out here making comments on Bush on the on how Bush uh, fixed the relationship between the U.S. and Russia. I was like, you still here? Where you been? I just remember being a kid and when I was on punishment, my parents took my TV rights away and they would force me to watch the news with them. And I just remember Tom Brokaw talking about Gorbachev every damn night. Every night. Every night. We talked about Gorbachev all the time. All the time. He was in he was in comics. My parents read uh my dad read Mad Magazine a lot. There was always like Gorbachev was in Mad Magazine. He was in Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they made his birthmark look like it was the shape of Russia, which was probably rude now that I think about it. But yeah, Gorby, like we had a nickname for him. His name was Gorby. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, I say, I don't know how we even got here. I don't know where we started from. Oh, documentaries and shit. Right. So <laughs> um, now we have this uh, Wendy and Bobby Chris doc coming up, which I don't think we need. Like, I think that Wendy, Wendy and Wendy... Wendy's Whitney. life and things, I mean, Whitney's, Whitney's life and things around Whitney's life have been mined to death. And the problem is that. Yeah, it was like the fourth movie in the last two years. The last three, yeah. I've seen them all. <clears throat> and the problem, though, is that the deepest part of the story that everybody wants to tell is not about young Whitney. It's not even about her talent. It's about her descent, which, mm-hmm. granted, was a very large part of her career. It's like almost as soon as Whitney hit like mega superstar height, like by the time she was at, by the time she was on the bodyguard, she was already, by the time the bodyguard happened, she was already on her way down, right? Which is tragic. But there is one doc that I saw that like gave some, excavated that a little bit. It cannot be me one? Yeah, that kind of really looked behind the curtain in a real way. Was that the one with the bodyguard when the bodyguard finally talked? 
I think that was at least the one where her brother talked. And her brother was basically like, we used to cop for her. Like, before. Well, there was one where the bodyguard. That might have been that. And he, and I was like, oh, they got him because he know all. He know everything. I think it might have been the same one because I was like, all right, this was worth this was worth seeing. It was illuminating, but the thing I have about anything regarding Whitney is that everybody wants to be able to. Everybody's looking to be able to say this is why Whitney. Whitney's life went in the direction it went, and you, I don't know that you can. Like I don't know that there's ever going to be a definitive answer because cannot be me was also, um, open the door towards the last act of whether or not Whitney had possibly been um, molested by mm-hmm. um, somebody on Dion's side of the family. Yep. I think Dion's sister, actually, yep. um, when she was a kid, which nobody knows for sure or not, right? Um, but it and was, that's a family that don't do no talking. They don't talk. They're not going to talk They don't us. do controversy. They don't, they're not messing with that image that they Mm-mm. do. So that's my thing. And you add Bobby Chris in the mix, like, obviously it's just going to be I feel like it's just going to be an attempt to answer questions that we can't answer, like that people can't answer. And I feel like there needs to be more put on why Whitney was a singular talent and why she took the world by storm. And I, and I also, I, I do appreciate a look into the duality of the life that Whitney led because, you know, so many people, Try to act like Whitney changed when she got with Bobby, but that was always who Whitney was. She was just comfortable, more comfortable being that publicly. That's, that's what once I was she about got to with say. Bobby. I was about to say, and 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 the ironicness of us wearing these shirts. Mm-hmm. The thing with, with these movies is always or docs, and even with his his series on BET, they are kind of conjoined in the hip and like popular culture. Oh yeah, you can't ever separate. And them. it's all and it, but over the last couple of years, you have finally started to see our people finally being like, maybe it wasn't all oh, Bobby. It wasn't Bobby, and it was like, nah, fam, it never really was. Because even when Whitney died, like I had to check a couple of how, people how they when they ne- were trying to still blame Bobby about Whitney's death, and I was like, they had been divorced for years. Bobby had been clean for years. Bobby had a whole nother wife and like a whole nother set of kids already. How was that Bobby's fault? Like how? And people have always said like Bobby wasn't even, Bobby didn't even do hard drugs until Whitney. Whitney was already doing hard drugs, right? Bobby just drank a lot. So it's like, how is that on Bobby? sold them. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Roxbury. But I'm just saying like, how is that? Like, I, I just really... Hate that they had a mutually dysfunctional relationship. Was Bobby jealous and borderline like abusive to borderline abusive to abusive and all that? Absolutely. But do I also yes. believe that Whitney returned that same energy? Absolutely. Yes. Do I also believe that Whitney would have been miserable no matter who, like she would have been in a dysfunctional no matter who Whitney had picked that it was going to be some version of that whether it happened publicly think- or behind closed doors. I personally think their relationship was way better than has ever been depicted. I believe they understood each other on a level that we can't, like, the connection they had, I know we joke about it being crackhead love, but the reason we joke about it being crackhead love is because crackheads understand, they understand each other. Like, there's a mind meld. Whitney and Bobby's, Whitney and Bobby's (laughs) chemistry when it was on, if you can't dance, 
like a crackhead would be in the middle of the mall. I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want the, the clip. They're always in them high as hell at yep. that award. So they was like Black History Month. Why yep. is the shortest one to be that one? They were. I love they Whitney had Barbie, a real. Man. You got but they had a real connection. That yes, video. That shit they had a real connection. They had the pool doing which it. is why they worked on some level. <laughs> and I believe that Bobby truly love Whitney. I believe that Whitney truly love Bobby. I believe though that two things. I believe that they, they were crazy, and I believe two things were going on. First, when Bobby and Whitney got together. Bobby was a massive star. This is the thing that people keep forgetting. Bobby was a massive fucking star. Bobby had sold 7 million fucking albums. Bobby was a massive superstar. Massive, global. Hey, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Let me, let, 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 let's, let's, let's like, give him some, some, some facts. How right many here. number let, one out? How many Bobby, number one singles were on Don't Be Cruel, six? Don't Be Cruel. Let, let's listen. As we were in these shirts, Don't Be Cruel has sold more Albums of the new edition catalog, all the new edition catalog and the break off members groups Johnny Solo, Rap Solo, BBD Soul, new edition stuff together, put all their records together, and they did not sell more than Bobby's second album alone, right? And y'all be making Bobby Brown jokes. King of motherfucking (laughs) stage. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Robert Beresford Brown, y'all really got to put some respect on his name. Like, for (laughs) Like, when Whitney said Bobby Brown was the king of R&B, she meant what the fuck she said. Like, and they, and, and, but so he's a massive superstar when they meet. Who was Usher Raymond's idol? Bobby Brown. So I think for him, what's happening is he comes in the game as this massive star. After his 93 album, he he starts kind of falling off as her star starts ascending. That was the Bobby, yeah, that was album, Bobby right? album. With, with the, the leather, leather shit, things, with the with back the hat, out. And, the and he had things like most fire yeah. album. That album comes fire. But her star is ascending post, uh, because that's also around the time of Bodyguard. And I think that on his side, he couldn't really handle. Rachel the Rachel Marin of it, and the suddenness, like, because as famous as Whitney was, there's singer famous and there's movie star famous. So then she became both. Hey man, when she threw that scarf up, iconic, and, and Kevin Cox had the knife out and it cut iconic. it. Iconic. Just that, that shit was sex. It was sex. Amazing. It was sex. Amazing. It was sex. Like amazing. So I think that he couldn't handle it, his ego, and then of course there was the the battle of the wills between him and Robin. And also between him and Whitney's family, because mm-hmm. Whitney's family is super controlling. Um, and mm-hmm. then on Whitney's side, I just think that Whitney never was allowed to fully be Whitney. So when she could be, she just took that shit all the way to the extreme. She just, I just don't think she knew how to be herself in any form of moderation because she wasn't allowed to. So it was either like, I'm going to be all the way out like this, or I'm going to be the polished pop star like this, or I'm going to be the diva like this. And, um, you know, that... Which is probably why, like, Brand- which, which is, uh, well, not probably, which is why Brandy and Monica both have such strong mm-hmm. feelings. And Brandy has the feelings about the facade with me. Brandy, like, yo, of the- I, can, I can, let me show you how to be a right. pop princess. This is what they forced me to do. Monica, she'd be Monica's like, like Newark. Do would be like Monica's like Newark Whitney came to see my ass because they yeah. wanted Monica Clive. That's the other thing. Like they both had Clive in common. 
Clive wanted Monica to do that Whitney move. Monica actually had it. Monica actually had the formula, the voice, the tone, the look to be the pop princess. She had the Diane Warren song. She had all that shit. But uh, she's from Atlanta. But she was just like <laughs> them streets. Them streets couldn't. She could. She... That nigga from Atlanta. But like she's from Atlanta, Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause Whitney's from Newark, so we can't make it that. But like Monica was gonna be from it. Like she was gonna legit. Like Monica was 15 years. Brandy was from Monica Mississippi trying to make like it out. Monica was like 16 field. years old and had her like grown ass drug dealer boyfriend commit suicide in front of her. How do you sell that to a teen audience? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. You you singing power ballads at thirteen. I'm like, just saying. Whoops. So I think that I think that they each had a kinship. I would almost hazard that Monica saw a side of Whitney that Brandy did not, and Brandy's a little jealous of that. But it doesn't mean that Brandy didn't have her own relationship with Wendy, Whitney. Um, Correct, because they did a they whole, did the movie. whole movie together. But I think it was a very like a baby girl thing, whereas Whitney and Monica might have drunk some brown together, and you know some curse words might have flew and. Might have been some real shit. Like Monica might have seen Whitney mm-hmm. with her wig off. I don't think Brandy saw Whitney with her wig off. Just saying. Now, time to time to now, now, now. No, but but and and, <clears throat> and before we get out of here, <clears throat> there's a topic that I want to touch on. Did you finish no. Judas? But did but let's okay. talk about did um, you finish Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, this is I was going this I was going to okay. cover all of this. Um, I shared it with, with Naima. She didn't finish yet. I've seen Judas and the Black Messiah mm-hmm. twice. Um, I, I saw the little things a couple times. I saw Malcolm and Marie. We both got to see mm-hmm. it early. Uh, one night in Miami was a couple weeks ago. Y'all, we are in the middle of, I don't want to say a Black renaissance in the mm-hmm. film. And even going back to but the five there's about the, we There's so much stuff on deck for and, this year and, that's going to be and and my yeah. rainy's black bottle, y'all. In the last couple months, but Judas and the Black Messiah instantly is one of the greatest three, five films I've ever you seen. You said that last week, yeah. Um, yeah, and and then I saw Malcolm and Marie. Y'all, what did you think? I can wait. Because I said that it's not for everybody that I enjoyed it, but I already know because niggas going to be niggas. It's not for everybody. This is it's, so, the, it's just it's the straight fellas, dialogue and acting. Fellas, fellas, listen to me, fellas. This is my watching experience. Watch that movie with the woman you're dealing with. And y'all will pause mm-hmm. it a lot because y'all have some really honest right. conversations. Because you're going to be like, oh, shit. That's how I look so just I say so y'all that. know the Malcolm ah, and Marie. Follow, so and I want to explain it this way because it's important. Malcolm and Marie is not a movie that got made because it was like this is a story that needs to get told. It was a movie that got made because it was like we want to create a piece of content they, in they, the they pandemic. What can we create? And that's important to note because it informs the fact that it's just um, JD Washington and, Zend- and Zendaya, just the two of them in a house, in and around the house. And it happens, it. it's a conversation that happens over real time, more or less. Like, there's a little bit of fast forwarding, but not by much, but more or less over real time while you're watching. So it there are there are pauses and silences and, you know, there's not, like, establishing shots and, 
you know, change the location and other people or even like really wardrobe change. Like it's none of that. Like, so it feels kind of like a play a little bit. And I'm and I'm saying that on purpose because not everybody, because even one of my friends is like, I'm tired of these people saying these are movies, but they're plays. I was like, they're still movies because they're movies. <laughs> it's a movie, but you know what it is? It's Malcolm and Marie is back in the day and two of your friends that's in the couple, y'all was yeah, on three and you just on the phone. And they arguing and you forget and somebody mm-hmm. forgot to hang up and you listening mm-hmm. in for two hours. And it's very that. And it's it, and, and you know it's wrong when you shouldn't be having this access, but you cannot turn But so away many beats from, in their but, argument are so real and it really does follow like the yes. course of one of those those all night long arguments that exhaust you, where like y'all are exhausted at the end of it, and the next morning it's still like from the y'all get to a couple of points where it seems like y'all good, then one of y'all be like, actually, nigga, we not good just because we was just laughing, we still not good. Um, bringing up old shit, segues that ain't segues, like it just it's that that roller coaster. So, I what I find interesting is that there's a point in the movie where the movie actually is challenging the viewer on the on the idea that you have to analyze everything you watch um, in cinema. And I was like, I can't wait to see everybody try to write a think piece about the, about this movie that told you not to write oh, think pieces. Then, <laughs> you, you can't because, oh, there's a scene. But what I appreciate the most is that it reminded me, funny enough, as, as I got, and when we got done watching it, I was like, in some ways, this reminds me of Philadelphia. Mm, because that was Denzel's breakout, tell people, and this look, is John Davis' breakout? Oh. No, I was like, what I love about Philadelphia the most, when I'm telling people, like, who are the best, like, some of the actors ever, I'm going to list Denzel mm. and Tom Hanks. And I'm like, if you don't believe it, watch Philadelphia, because it is Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington having an <laughs> act right. scene right. for scene. They just and that was when Tom was in like his Oscar streak when he won like he was winning the Oscar like yeah. every year. I think this yeah. was like the first one, and you're just like, yo, and they were young, and you're like, yo, these two dudes are going to run Hollywood forever. Coming off her win and first season of Euphoria, and him coming off Black Klansman and his other stuff. This is JD Washington at his best, and Zendaya yeah. at her best outside of this scene. Outside of right, Fez's house right. on episode four before you, and Zendaya and JD are going at each other's throat, and you're just it really like, was a like act because like one scene, you're like yo, JD is the next star, and then Zendaya do something, you'll be like, and yo. it's and it's a lot on them too because they don't even share the frame a lot. It'll just be like the frame on one of them, mm-hmm. so it's really them. Like it's it's monologue, it's monologue, monologue. Nothing to play yeah. off. Um, but but JD to me in this, not that I didn't already know JD was dope. This was young. I like I have never seen so much of his daddy in him as I saw in this film. I was like, this is Denzel. This is JD playing Bleak Gilliam as a film director. Like it was very mo better yeah. Denzel for me. You know who I thought it was? Did you watch Ballers? Yeah. I was like, this is a older, mature okay. Ricky Jarrett who he played. 
that still has Ricky Jarrett yeah. tendencies. But I just was literally, like a couple of times when I looked away from the screen, I was like, that even sounds like Denzel. Like the cadence, the choices. But this is JD's like, I know JD's big moment was supposed to be the Christopher Nolan joint, which didn't get its theatrical release. Oh, I, which I loved. But which it, I like, loved. you know, if it had gotten a theatrical release, it just would have hit different. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this, this is this is important. Like this, this will put him in like a whole different category back then. And my favorite scene of his in that in this movie is when he broke down in the, the bath. Oh my god, the bathtub scene was, I was like, perfect. Yo. He said like three different things in there because at one point he said, "Get the entire fuck out of here," and I just fell out laughing. Like so much of it was so real. I just yeah, it was. I mean. Yeah, so I have the little. I was emailed the the screener information, um, and the script, yeah. the screenplay, and I just flipped through a couple pages, and I was like, "Yeah, they went off script with a couple stuff." Because even watching it, I was just like, "Yo, how do right. I do write this?" <laughs> I, I saw, and I was like, "I remember this scene. Right. They didn't say there it. Def- like this that. definitely was something that, because again, like I said." This isn't so much a story; it's a conversation, and you can you can put a story in the conversation. But it really, we're not. I don't think we're left to try to create whole lives for these two. I think it really is supposed to be about this moment, and we about really don't know night. how to watch things like that. But whatever. Um, but but the MVP yeah. of the movie, the macaroni too, is Zendaya's oh. <laughs> dress. Oh, dress. The only thing, God. and they address this. The only false note I really found in, in there was like, no way would she still be in this dress. But they addressed it like the dress was so amazing. They could not have her take off the dress. Yeah. Because I was like, she would have been out this dress. That was the only thing that was like a false note to me. When did that even drop? I don't even know when it dropped. This okay. Friday? We got Coming Friday. to America 2 it's coming it. to prom in March. Um, oh. There's some, oh, we got, I mean, there's a lot of black content dropping this year and and it has been dropping like if you if you say you can't find the story that you want as a black person you're not looking at this point like i i feel like i can honestly say that like you're not you're not looking because it's there but one of the things about now getting so much of our content on streaming is that you can't just rely on waiting till the timeline is talking about it like you got you got to go look for it or look for reviews or look for streaming lists or do something like that which is why um, any of you streaming services, BT Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Y'all all HBO about your Max, algorithms. we need, we need, we need New York on the cover. Yes, we do need New York on the cover. Somebody we please call Dick Wolf in HD. because it makes no. You know please. what? Um, TV One had New York on the cover in syndication for a minute, and I don't they know did. what happened. I don't they know did. what happened. I'm waiting for it to come back. We do need New York on the cover. Uh, we need New York on the cover with closed caption and in HD. And update it because I need to run it all the way <laughs> back. Because Eddie Torres died and still one of the most emotional moments of my life. And y'all can stop at that season. We it's don't need to go past that season either. Yeah. Yeah, man. When they brought Tommy we don't need that. and the when white, they made it a white show, that was where Fox was like, was we done with these niggas. We, we on to these white people. Yeah. I don't even think they went to Nipsey's anymore. It just wasn't. Right. It was. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um, all right. There was like six things we were supposed to talk about that we didn't. That tends to be the shit we on lately, but it's fine. I think that's why y'all are here with us for a conversation. Um, 
Your six makes sense though. Your six members. Hey, in hey, look at you. Boom. Your brain is your, your mind is so fast. That's that Morehouse education. Look, look how that works in the real world. I appreciate with it. Honors. With honors. With honors. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, we are highly aware that you could be listening to or watching anything right now. We don't take it for granted that you are watching us. Um, I'm going to put a I'm going to give a bye week for fuck Mark Lamont Hill this week only because one of the video clips I posted for black people laughing was Mark clowning um Paris, what's his name, about some MAGA shit on CNN and Don Lemon and Angela Rye falling the fuck out. And I appreciate it. Um, because it was good and the timing was it was good. So Mark, you get a pass this week. I don't know what the fuck Sean King is up to, but whatever. Uh but but Being I do want to say all y'all who've been asking where your stimulus is, now the t- now is the time to ask how long is it going to not where is my stimulus, but how long is the process going to take? But ask the appropriate people. Who are the people in the Senate? Not Joe and Kamala. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing their part. They said the Republicans got till now and we're gonna move. And that's what they did. Um yeah. you got any parting words, Carl? Uh, just Ronnie, Bobby, Ralph and Johnny Ricky, too. Mike, Ralph and Johnny, ain't nothing but Ralph and Johnny too. Through. Everybody Word always to talking about the any crew. <laughs> yeah, we like gotta that. get this back together. Yeah, and sing y'all to the mother. That is my favorite new edition video of all time. That it's video so, is so fire. <laughs> Go watch the words to the mother remake video. We can also shout out to WBBD Boot City, which was the BBD remix um, album, which that version of Word to the Mother was on. But that video is so, oh my God. What's the BBD video where they got the helicopters and Bobby pops up out of nowhere at the end? I forgot. Is it, was it Gangsta? You know it's what I'm talking about. It might be. They got helicopters I think it's and gangsta. Bobby pops I think up it's at gangsta. the end. Of which, aware. weirdly, was kind of like a hit. But they actually didn't put it on their second album, which I never understood. Which may be why the second album didn't. Okay. Uh, Booty Matt. All right. Lady, y'all. We'll see you next week.